1: and definitely check out those shows as well. Sarah Zakrich Jang is the author of The Other Me. This was guest hosted by Alicia Fernandez Miranda, who is one of our Zibi Books authors and host of the podcast, Quit Your Day Job. Sarah grew up in Michigan and always had a flair for the morbid and mysterious. For her dad's 35th birthday, she wrote a story entitled The Man Who Died at 35. She had a brief career as an aspiring rock star before she came to her senses and went back to school to become a web developer. Sarah lives in Florida with her family and an extremely hyper-rescue dog. The Other Me is her first
0: novel. Okay, hi, everybody. And I'm really, really excited to welcome Sarah Zachrich-Jang to the podcast today. Sarah, thank you for coming on. Moms don't have time to read books.
3: Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be here. And
0: uh, we're here to talk about The Other Me, which I really just have to tell you, I completely devoured it in one sitting. I was just telling to Sarah before we started recording that we got two copies and I gave one to my mom who read it before me. And she was like constantly texting me, asking me if I had read it yet because she wanted to talk about it. She was <laughs> so into it. But then when I, start, when I started, I just was gripped, completely gripped from like the very first chapter. So well done for creating such a propulsive narrative and a novel that really made me think about this kind of, you know, other, other life, other me's.
3: Thank you. Glad you liked
0: it. So why don't you start by telling everyone on the podcast who maybe hasn't read the book yet, what The Other Me is about.
3: So The Other Me is a speculative thriller and it's about an artist named Kelly who lives in Chicago. And on her 29th birthday, she is at her friend's opening art opening when she walks through a door and suddenly finds herself at her own surprise birthday party at her hometown in Michigan. And she stumbled into this alternate life where instead of leaving her hometown and going to art school, she married a guy from her high school and settled down with him. So pretty early on, as soon as she gets over the initial shock, she finds that she could remember things from both of her lives, the one in Chicago and the one in Michigan. So she needs to figure out how this happened, why it happened, and if it can be reversed. And the book has elements of domestic suspense, and it's not really science fiction, but it has elements of that as well.
0: Totally. And where did you, where did this idea come from? What was your inspiration?
3: So it's kind of a long progression. I, you know, spent my 20s playing in bands, and I hadn't written in many years. Yeah, we're going to,
0: we're going to talk about that, by the way. I really want to know about that.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I, yeah. And I had eventually, I got, you know, a grown up job. I had a kid. I needed a hobby that, wouldn't keep me out until two in the morning every night. So I, I've been writing fan fiction for several years. And then around 2015, I had this idea for an original novel. And I was thinking about, you know, this classic wish fulfillment tale of you know, guy meets girl, guy loses girl, guy moves mountains to get girl back. And usually it's framed from the male point of view and right. it's very romantic and positive. And I wanted to write it from the woman's point of view. She, how she has, you know, her whole life going on and what happens went to that when, you know, this guy kind of swoops in and takes over her narrative. <laughs> and I was also thinking about that that talking head song once in a lifetime where he says like, this is not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful wife. So that mm. was kind of the seed. <laughs> and so first I need to know what,
0: what were you writing fan fiction about? What, what are you a fan of? <laughs>
3: Well, so it's kind of a smaller fandom, so I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to be judged on that writing, so I keep that that out. Okay, of credit, okay. Because <laughs> you know, I mean, everyone has their old writing that they never want anyone to see, and it's it's still out there. But yeah. I'm just like pretty obsessed. I've interviewed
0: a couple people for um, Zibby's podcast who sort of started in fan fiction, and I have never written fan fiction, but now I'm like, why haven't I written fan fiction? Because it really does. It's not so dissimilar to your book. Actually, it's basically taking characters that you love and putting them in a totally different situation and yeah, you get to make yeah. all the rules. So that and it's is great. Like that's it's so a cool. great way to
3: get started. Yeah.
0: So can we talk about your music career? What
3: do you, do you play an I, instrument? Do you sing? I will now I say that I'm retired. Okay. <laughs> <'cause> I, <laughs> I don't play anymore. I mean, I I played drums in a band for a long time. I've played bass guitar. I've, I've sung. I sang backup. Um, I played keyboard in a hardcore band. That was my first band. Oh my God, that's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I kind of moved around. It was mostly like local level bands. Like we never toured or anything, but it was a lot of fun. It was basically like hanging out, screwing around with my friends.
0: And then you became a web developer as well. Mm-hmm. So you, and I still, I element. still am. Yeah. Do you, you've got this like very right-brained and very left-brained kind of, you know, these two paths. Do you, do you see that, do you see it like that? Or do you see them as kind of, you know, two sides of the same coin when you're sort of developing or coding and then you're writing or making music?
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's creativity in both aspects of it. I mean, I'm, I'm a Libra, so I have to be balanced. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah, like I, I feel like, Like my, my day job right now is kind of both aspects like design and code. So I get both sides of my brain, get a workout and as well in, in writing a novel, Mm. you have to like keep track of all these different thought points and, you know, reveals and who knows what, at what time. And, um, in this book, you know, I had spreadsheets and diagrams and all kinds of stuff. So that was as well as being creative. It's also kind of analytical. What was the
0: biggest surprise for you in kind of moving from writing fan fiction to putting together your own full-length original novel?
3: Oh, gosh. I mean, I, there, like, you do have to do a lot of characterization in fan fiction. Like, you have to know your characters really well, but creating a character from the ground up, um, multiple characters, it's, I mean, it's a it's a lot of work and it's a lot of fun, too. Yeah, because I I did, like, all the character backstories and everything mm. and I, I rewrote this novel so many times. So a lot of that is character backstory that didn't make it into the novel, but informed the character. So that that was quite a bit different from writing fan fiction because you kind of have this in fan fiction, you have this baseline where people already know kind of the characters going in. So you have to introduce readers to right. strangers pretty much when you're writing your own fiction. And when you were writing
0: about Kelly in particular who I think is really she's really well formed she's very human as a character in a way that not everything she does you think oh this is the you know she's making all the perfect decisions in her life <laughs> did you did you approach that more from like you uh, you know you you kind of had her fully formed in your head did you go on this journey with her you know what what was your approach to writing Kelly like
3: right i i Wanted to make sure that she made bad choices. (laughs) Yeah, like I, I wanted to like put some ambiguity in there. Like she she's she arrives in this new life and she doesn't know what's going on, but as she finds out more and as she gets more into it, there's like some ambiguity and ambivalence there. Like there are compensations to this new life that she has. And I wanted her to kind of feel doubt and you know, she, she makes mistakes. She, in in her life in Chicago as an artist, she's maybe not, you know, helping herself as much as she could. Um, and I, and I just wanted to make her real like that. And I also wanted to make her as, you know, far away from myself personality wise as I could. Right. So she's like extroverted. She's kind of this intrepid person who goes and investigates. Like if if I were in that situation, I'd probably just be like, Oh, you know, I'll just (laughs) Sit back and see what's going on this cool. new life I is fine <laughs> yeah I've got you know a hot husband a nice house you know I mean probably not but <laughs> but I, I wouldn't have been <laughs> quite as active as her because you know when you're writing a novel your characters can't just sit there <laughs>
0: I just, I love it. So one of the questions I want to ask you, so my, my book is coming out next year. It's a memoir, but it really does explore me looking back on all of these other paths I could have taken in my past and then actually going to do them via a series of unpaid internships, which you can read all about in February. Um, But I think we've all imagined this concept of another life. What if you hadn't broken up with that boyfriend? What if you had taken that job that you didn't take? You know, if you had a chance to go back and like relive a different version of your life, would you do it?
3: I, well, I feel like when I look back on my life and the choices, how my choices have led me, I mostly feel relief because, you know, I've made bad choices like everyone else. And I've been very lucky that they didn't affect my life permanently. So yeah, I feel like I've ended up where I'm supposed to be. Mm. If, I mean, if I could go back, I'd probably, you know, I'd be terrified that I'd end up In a dark place, so I I wouldn't
0: want to go back. Yeah, the dark—you don't want to end up on the darkest timeline. It's true. No, no, but your book sounds amazing. I can't
3: wait to read that. Oh, thanks.
0: Not a not a plug, but I do just I I think like I I would like to go back for like a day or a couple of days, maybe not forever, but I would be so curious to see. What would be the same, right? And this is also something that comes up in your book. Like what is the same about this character who has kind of gone down this different, you know, path in the space-time continuum? And I do think (laughs) it would be so fascinating to find out what things would just – they would always be part of you. They would always be part of your story and the things that just absolutely wouldn't. So it's definitely a novel that kind of spurs all of these different questions about – I think, everybody's own life and themselves. I mean, what, you know, the book's been out now for a bit. What's the reaction been like from readers?
2: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all have stuff we need to get off our chests. Even if we don't think it's interfering with our daily life, there are some things you just haven't processed, be it grief or trauma get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash moms don't have time today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, dot com slash moms don't have time.
3: A lot of people have, you know, told me to, something to the effect of what you just said, but like it made them think about their own choices and, you know, their own paths that weren't taken or that they wish they had taken. Yeah. And it's it's so cool to see the the reactions people have. Like, some people are really into the friendship aspect of it, like between Kelly and Linnea. Love it. So I wanted to make that, you know, a little bit poignant with, you know, her losing her best friend, literally. So it, it was, I, I was happy to see that that hit with some people, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's just, it, and, you know, I'll get emails from people and they'll just make my day, so. <laughs> and
0: can you tell us a little bit about the publishing process? So how did you, uh, how did you get published basically? And kind of what was that like for you?
3: Yeah. So I, I, you know, I took a few years to write the novel and rewrite it. And then I entered Pitch Wars, the Twitter program. Oh, cool. It's, yeah. I, well, I did get into Pitch Wars, but the the author that I sent my manuscript to, she was like, you know, gave me some really good feedback and kind of introduced me to an agent that she knew. And the agent, you know, had me revise and resubmit the novel and then and then she offered me representation the agent that became my agent and after you know a few more res- revisions we took it out on submission to editors and m- my experience is like super not typical <laughs> mm-hmm. and i've found out in the process of writing my second novel how not typical it is but i was on sub for 72 hours
0: wow it's amazing
3: yeah <laughs> yeah i was we were all like really floored so i'm you know it was like may 2020 and she sent the book to the editor, my editor on like Thursday, and then we got an offer on Monday and I'm like standing in my driveway on the phone with my agent, like watching my daughter roller skate, everything's locked down. So it's kind of <laughs> surreal anyway. And I am just like, what is happening? Like, is this, is this really going on? Is this my life right now?
0: So. Like, have I been gone through a doorway and got into another life? <laughs> How's
3: that happening? Right?
0: That would be very right? meta actually.
3: <laughs> yeah. So it was just really crazy. <laughs>
0: I was just going to say that my, your story about kind of watching your daughter roller skate, I do find having kids being a parent and then like these kind of really exciting things happen. And like 10 minutes later, you're just like (laughs) knee deep in someone's like disgusting muddy laundry that you're having to like soak before it goes in or (laughs) these real like juxtapositions in your life that happen when you're. Really keeps you humble. (laughs) Well, and you know, and people, people think that writing is very glamorous and, you know, lots of elements of it. Are I suppose, but most of it is just not really. Has that been your experience as well?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm you know, for me, writing is like sitting hunched over my computer at six in the morning, like looking like a gremlin.
0: so <laughs> So what's your process, like kind of balancing writing and the um software developing you do, and like how do you are you really disciplined about it, or do you just kind of write whenever?
3: Um, I mean, I get up every morning at five and I write for, I try to write for two hours and it doesn't always come out. Like I'll, you know, do something like research, write, plot, whatever. Right. And then when I'm on deadline, I have to do a little more at night after work, but usually it's just that two hours in the morning and I'm on the weekends.
0: <laughs> and do you, I mean, do you find yourself, God, I would be absolutely there's no way I could do anything at five <laughs> in the morning, much less be creative. But I guess it's probably nice to have quiet time where there's nobody kind of pestering.
3: Yeah. Well, I started when my daughter was a lot younger, when, you know, she would need more during the day. Yeah. So uh, I, I couldn't, like, by the, by the end of the day, I was just fried. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start going to bed at you know 9:30, 10, and get up at five, and just do that. So I became a morning person wow. for, forcibly. All right, that's pretty
0: impressive. Yeah. That's good to know that people can do that. I had um I interviewed someone for my the podcast that I run on Zibby's Network called Quit Your Day Job, who's a travel agent uh, this week, and she was saying she gets up at four uh, every day, uh, works for like a couple hours, and then goes back to sleep. And oh she's wow. Like an insomniac, and she just does that, and I was like, God, "All right,
2: that's I mean, a method. Yeah, whatever works.
0: Yeah. That's a method." Well, I guess you're right. So, tell us a little bit about, about this second novel that you're working on.
3: So, it's another, you know, speculative thriller. It's about two women who were best friends in college, and they had a device that lets them switch bodies with each other.
0: So, I already love it. I already love yeah. it. Okay, keep going. So
3: that, yeah, so that gets them into some trouble, and it, you know, that trouble ends their friendship. And then years later, their lives intersect again. And it's kind of about what happens then. And it's it's kind of like dark, freaky Friday meets the top yes, of Mr. Ripley. Yes.
0: Dark, freaky Friday. I love it. <laughs> How are, are you approaching this book differently, kind of given everything you learned going through it the first time?
3: I mean, you know, I, I will say that book two syndrome is a thousand percent real. Mm. I, I mean, I guess it's it hasn't taken longer objectively than writing the other me but it feels like it has because, Mm-mm. you know, you're under deadline. You have people waiting on you. You have people giving feedback who, um, and, and you, you, there's a lot more pressure. Yeah. So it's it's harder in that way. And I definitely have approached it differently from the writing standpoint too. Like I, you know, I, I think I plotted, I plotted this book a lot more meticulously before I wrote it. Like with the other me, I just kind of wrote and rewrote and plotted okay. very loosely before I wrote. And then like fix everything after. And with this book, I've been a little more meticulous, but it's, it's still in edits. So we're still working on it.
0: (laughs) Do you have a, do you have a pub date for that? Do you know when it's coming out?
3: Not yet. And would you
0: kind of write or kind of, do you have any curiosity to explore different genres or do anything like totally different with your writing?
3: Yeah. I mean, I would totally, I, I've been reading so much romance since 2020 that I would totally go in that direction. I, I know it's super hard to break into, but I'm just kind of, you know, I'm thinking about some ideas. So we'll see. I feel like I could see that actually
0: seeing your mm-hmm. writing style. Like I could totally see that you've got a romance novel buried within yeah. you ready to come out.
3: <laughs> and Yeah. And fan fiction is like very romance heavy. So
0: that's, that's one of the best things about it. I yeah. definitely yeah. definitely
3: need to get into reading
0: more <laughs> fan fiction for sure. Do you have like a community? How do you kind of find community in what you, in what you do as a writer?
3: So, yeah, I mean, I have a, I have a group chat. We mm-hmm. um, a bunch of authors from my publisher kind of got together on a group chat. And we, nice. and we still talk all the time. It's, it's really, it's been really like sanity. It's kept, kept my, kept me sane through this whole process. Cause we can kind of Talk to each other and commiserate and celebrate each other's successes. So that's been really a lifesaver.
0: That's awesome. And so you've already done a bunch of careers. You've or you're still doing several. <laughs> what else would you do if you could do absolutely anything? Is there anything else you would do?
3: I mean, I would definitely, you know, if I could, I'd write full time. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm like, people are like, what are your hobbies? I'm like, my hobby was writing until I, you know, <laughs> got a book together. <laughs> oh now, my, now my hobby so, is. Now it's another job. <laughs> yeah now, now I have to find some new hobbies, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I have a really full life and I love my life. So
0: I don't know. I don't think I'd be doing anything else. That's like, so like, I love that. I love that especially from someone who's written a novel about someone living a whole different, (laughs) different life of theirs. I think that's amazing. We always like to kind of end these podcasts asking for advice for aspiring writers. So what would you say to someone listening to this? Maybe they're writing fan fiction, (laughs) dreaming of their book deal or dreaming of their own original project. What kind of advice would you give?
3: Well, I would say you're probably going to have moments of self-doubt. I'm sure there are writers who don't, but I'm not one of them. Mm. So it's, helpful to have like a strategy to deal with that. Like you can kind of you know keep a folder of nice things people have said about your work or you can like read bad reviews of books that you loved or <laughs> just that's such a good one. Do you do I, know, that? I mean I well I don't know you got to proceed with caution there because it'll also show you like how nitpicky readers can be and you're just <laughs> like what are they saying about my book if they're saying this about this other wonderful book. But, you know, if, if you're, if you're, if you have a little bit of pettiness in you, it does help, which, you know, I do. So then
0: sometimes you're, sometimes you're in the mood. Okay, wait. So what are your, are those your strategies for overcoming self-doubt? I mean,
3: I've done that. And sometimes like you, you look back at your own writing and you're like, you know, this is pretty good, actually. Like maybe, maybe I'm not a hat. So. <laughs>
0: I I have been working on a novel and my husband is always like, how are you feeling about it today? And then it's like, depends on the day. Some days I'm like, this is the worst thing that anybody has ever written. And some days I think, oh, this is not the worst thing anybody's ever
3: written, which tends to
0: be as far as I get. But I love the idea of kind of having little strategies and keeping nice things people say about you, because this is definitely a field where there's plenty of self-doubt, plenty of rejection mm-hmm. that you just kind of have to live with. So, you know, I mean, uh, yeah. I think those are really, really good approaches. <laughs> Maybe roller skating with your daughter.
3: Can be- <laughs> well, I don't roller skate anymore because I um, tore my ACL the last time <gasps> oh, I was no. on roller skates. <laughs> oh God. I, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was like years and years ago, but
0: Oh my gosh. So you just watch your roller skating special? I
3: just watch. (laughs) I I bicycle. Yeah.
0: Also a great sport. Oh my gosh. Well, Sarah, it's been amazing to talk to you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us to talk about The Other Me. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at zibbyowens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music.
2: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well...